see tonight, folks. By the way, I, I appreciate what your church is doing and what your pastor is doing as he, uh, as y'all memorize scriptures, amen? The Bible is clear, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. God wants us to have that word in us so we can be prepared for the onslaught of the devil's attacks because he is going to attack you. And you won't be able to try and say, well, where's my Bible at? You better be able to pull it out of your heart. That word of God must be in there if it's ever going to control your life. Uh, we do that as well. We have the scriptural memorization and the passages. And right now we're memorizing Acts chapter number 2. And as we're at memorizing that, it gives the four principles of church growth. Amen. It says, and they continued steadfastly, number one, in the apostles' doctrine. A church will grow on the doctrines of God. And it said, the apostles' doctrine and the fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. When those four elements are present in any group or, or, or ministry when it comes out to those things, the Bible said praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be faith. Amen. So when you put those principles in there, when the people memorize those things and put it in their heart, they could go out there and live these things. Live them. Make them a habit and make it a part of their lives. Amen. In Mark chapter number 2, we're dealing with a situation where the Lord Jesus is returning back to this place called Capernaum. He had already been there before and did some many marvelous works over there. In chapter number 1 and verses 21 through 28, you find out that he had uh, power, showed his power over demons. Amen. They, uh, people don't think the demons are real. I was telling the folks at lunch today, when I first moved to the, the field that God took me to in Atlanta, uh, two real live demon-possessed people came up and met me in one night. And I think they met me to do one thing. Now, my wife was there and all these other things, and I think they met me to discourage me because once I met them and saw them there, I was unsure if I wanted to be in Atlanta. That one of them even, one of the people even asked me, now don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting up there, they can't come over there and say, well, you know, they came over there, and all of a sudden, ah, and turned their heads around and their eyes rolled back. No, I'm just talking about people who looked like you and I. They were talking like you and I, but all of a sudden they began, when I began to handle the word of God, they just began to get out of control. Uh, one, one person, he was just talking, and he just talking. It was even like he was talking. It seemed like he never blinked. It seemed like he hardly ever breathed. It seemed like he was just doing, he was just talking and talking and talking and talking, talking about the Illuminati, talking about this and all these axioms and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, and I'm standing between him and my wife and this other young lady, West Point cadet lady, and uh, she was talking to him, and I'm saying, oh, just leave him alone. You know, let, let this nut go on his way. Because when we came out there, we was walking down the street, we got out the car, and he wasn't there. Once we shut the door, he was just there. That's frightening, folks, especially this is your first time in this place called Atlanta. This is the first time you're in the inner city. It's at night anyway. You're around. We were going to see uh, the, the uh, memorial to Martin Luther King. So you're around the grave thing. It's like, oh, man, this is really odd here. But they came over there, and they began to do these things. And as we got back in the car, I was telling them, the, the, the man looked in my eyes. And he looked in my eyes, and then he began to say, he is not afraid. He is not afraid. He 
is not afraid. I got in the car. I made sure they got in the car. I got in the car. And you could still hear him talking as though he was in the car with us. And he wasn't shouting. He wasn't yelling. It was like his voice was in there with us as we were pulling out. He is not afraid. What he didn't know was I was afraid. <laughs> you know, God didn't call me to cast out demons. I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid of them, but I'm not going to look for them either. All you people who got demons, bring them to me. I am not casting out your demons. You know, you, got, you have to deal with the Lord yourself. If you act up, I ain't casting out demons. I'm casting you out. Amen. <laughs> Now, I'm not afraid, uh, again, I'm not afraid uh, 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 when it comes down to those things, but that's not what God called me to do. Amen? Here, demons came into church, and they began to say, I know who you are in verse number 30, uh, 24 of chapter number 1. He says, you're the, you're the holy one. You're the holy one of God. And Jesus told him to hold his peace. He had to, he's in Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is like Atlanta, I guess. It's one of those places where demons hang out. They're comfortable in church. Amen? And then he has, he has victory over diseases in chapter number 1 and verses 29 down to, uh, through uh, 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 verse number 36. And people wanted him to stay there. But he said, when it comes out to it in verse number 38, and he said unto them, let us go into the next towns. Jesus couldn't stay in one place. He had to go different places because there was more people around that needed the gospel, more people that he had to reach, more people that he had to uh, uh, validate the ministry and the message that the Messiah has come. Amen? Yeah. He said, I need to go to these next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore, what did he say? Came I forth. That's why I'm here. And so, and then you find him with... Uh, having victory over the lepers, amen, where you got a, a person down here. And I, 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 I asked this question one time. The Bible says in chapter number 1 and verse number 40, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou, can make me, thou canst make me clean. Amen. And I was asking people, what did this man want from Jesus? And people say, well, he wants to be clean. He wants us here. If he wants us here. But that's not what he wanted. He said, if thou wilt, whatever's happened to me, I want the will of God. What if God had said, no, keep the leprosy? What if God had said like he did Paul, my grace is sufficient for you? What if God had told him that what he wanted was something entirely different from what this guy wanted in his life? Because there's a lot of people who blame God. By, they ask God for what God wants. They ask God that they want, and they tell God they want his will to be done in their lives. But when his will is different from what they want, all of a sudden they don't think God answered prayer. God may have just said, no. God ever tell y'all no? Hey, Lord, I, I, would, I would sure love to have a, a, a jet airline for my own personal use. No. Amen. Get in luggage class like the rest of them. Amen. You, did you see me with a jet? No. You saw me walking. Get your happy self up. You need it anyway. <laughs> you know, he's asking for the will of God for his life. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. 
And Jesus said, I will be thou clean. So you see him doing all of these things happening. Amen. And the Bible says he told him to make sure that he didn't tell anybody, but he went and told everybody. How can you not tell people when God does something great in your life? How can you keep that a secret? Amen. He comes over there. He goes back to Capernaum. And when he goes back to Capernaum, he's preaching, and it was noised abroad that Jesus was in the house. And so when they find out that Jesus is in the house, everybody's coming there, amen? The Bible says in verse number 2, chapter 2, And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Boy, I tell you, what, what, what about that, preacher? Can you imagine coming to church and, and there's no room, the parking lots are filled, the helicopters are flying over the church and there's no crime scenes tape around it. I mean, all kinds of great things are happening because the gospel is being preached, amen? And the Bible says that there was no room, uh, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. He didn't come over there, he didn't entertain them, he didn't say, okay, choir, they're all here, crank up the band. He didn't entertain them, he didn't have the choir sing to them, he just preached. He just proclaimed the word of God. And people were mesmerized at the power in which he was preaching and the passion in which he was causing conviction to happen in his life. And the Bible said, and they came and, and they came unto him uh, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And the Bible said, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. I don't know if it was CNN there, MSNBC, I don't know what press was represented, Fox News, amen. They, all the press was there. They could not get in. And they'll run around here trying to get in this door with this guy on and, and this stretcher here. They can't get in. And they're trying to move over here. And it's amazing. They're trying to get somebody to Jesus, but they can't get people to Jesus because all of these people and all of these obstructions are in the way. And the real people who need Jesus, who are hurting, who, are, who need his healing hand upon their lives, he can't get them there. And these guys are running around this place. They're losing their mind, people everywhere. And nobody seems to care that they got this man that they need to get to Jesus. So these people do something bold. Somehow, they get this man who is sick of a palsy, and they get this guy up on the roof. And they go up on the roof, and they tear a hole in the roof. Imagine you sitting up there listening to Jesus, and everything's going well, and all of a sudden a piece of ceiling falls out and hits you slap in the head. And you start screaming and all that. They're tearing up the roof, and they let this guy down. In the, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they had any rope. I don't, it doesn't say how they accomplished this task. It doesn't say how they got him up there. None of those things. But somehow they got this guy up there on that roof. They tore open the roof and let him down in the midst of that crowd. And the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. He saw it. And when he saw their faith, he didn't address them and say, good work, fellas. My soul, look at the industrialness of these people. He looked at the one who they went out of their way to get in his presence. And he looked at the one sick of the palsy and said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Thy sins be forgiven thee. See, Christ is ready to save anybody, but he's looking for somebody who's willing to get them to Christ. 
If we can get them to Christ, Christ can save them. Amen. Our problem is trying to get people who are willing to get them to Christ. In this case here, the Bible said this guy came, they put him before Christ, and he was born of four. Born of four. You know, uh, uh, there was a fella, they used to call him Mr. Bus. His name was Wally Beebe. Wally Beebe, he was, one, he was a big bus promoter, bus uh, captain promoter and all these things. He would have buses everywhere, amen. Wherever he would go, he would set up these huge bus ministries. And he used this passage one time to preach a bus ministry. He said, anybody who gets, anybody who takes or gets somebody else to Christ is a big wheel. And he said, and wherever you have four big wheels, you got a bus. Amen. So, <laughs> praise the Lord, brother, brother Beebe. If you notice it here, God does not name these men. Doesn't give them a name. So, folks, I'm going to, and, and, and I believe, I, I, I don't believe the Lord will, will destroy me for this, but I'm going to give these men names tonight. And I believe you'll see that their, their, their Bible, y'all are looking at me like heresy. I knew it was only a matter of time for that heretic comes out there and he didn't take his medicine. But I'm going to need some help here, amen? And I need, first of all, I need one sick of the palsy. I may need you to help the one sick of the palsy, but you can come on up here. You can sit up here because they, you're the one got the issues, amen? And you're admitting that you have issues. Amen. He's taking off his glasses. He thinks this is going to be really dangerous. Amen. <laughs> we got to somehow get this man to Jesus who can't get there by himself. And so I'm going to need some help getting him to Jesus. And I'm going to, because we got to get this man there. We know if we work on this thing here, there's four corners on this chair here. If we got four people to help, if we got four people, we could get this guy to Jesus somehow. Amen. And so the first person we want to get here is a person named Faith. I need a volunteer. I need, come on up, brother. Faith. Faith has a motto because when it talks about the, the faith, the Bible says uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We were preaching. He heard it. Faith came. Amen. amen. Faith has a positive attitude about him. Amen. You will never be able to reach anybody with the gospel if you don't have faith that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. He said without faith, it's impossible to please him because he that cometh to Jesus must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith said, yeah, faith uh, uh, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And faith has a statement that faith shouts out every time it sees a situation. And that statement is, this is your statement, if we. If we. Now you got to say it with faith. If if we, if we, okay, but mean it. If we, if we, praise the Lord. Now that's theatrical. That's amen. that's that's pretense. Amen. amen. Faith always has to encourage others. If we, it has to be meaningful because if not, I'm sitting up here trying to convince the people who are not convinced of me. Amen. The Bible says that we have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. We can. Tell this mountain, we could tell these things to be cast in the sea. So, and we're not moving many mountains anymore. 
Amen. We're not seeing much happen, so I got to have real faith. Amen. And, and by the way, Jesus had to question the disciples so, so many times that at one time he said, why is it that you have no faith? Amen. Amen. The just shall live by faith. So faith, you're going to have to be a whole lot stronger than people might think that you are. Yes, sir. You got to even carry the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked because they're going to challenge you about getting this man to Christ. Amen. They're going to think you're wasting your time. They're going to say you don't even know the language. They're going to say, why bother with these people here when you could just go do anything you want to? They're going to say, hey, why go out into those places? Why give up the comfort, the creature comforts over here when, when you could, and, and go over there and waste your time and start from the beginning? Faith has to go through all of those obstacles. That's why faith says, if we, if we, if we, the just shall live by faith, and the church is supposed to operate out the, with people who operate under faith. But I got to tell you something. Faith without works is like a body without a spirit. Faith without works is dead. James said, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So faith says, if we. Faith, grab hold of the corner of that. Just one. Just you grab it with both hands. And I need you to pick him up and bring him to me. <laughs> Doesn't seem like faith alone can do it. So there's another, there is another person. He was trying to be born of one, one born of one. There's another person up there, and I'm going to name him. This guy, I need a volunteer, another one of you guys. You know, brother, I'm going to save you to last. And in this case here, the first shall be last. Amen. So we're Bible. I need somebody else. Come on, fellas. Come on. It's okay. This all, come, praise the Lord, brother. By the way, with a sharp tie like that, I figured you want to get up here and let him see it. <laughs> this next guy, we're going to name him Hope. So we got faith and we got hope. Hope maketh not a shame. Hope is the one over there that, that, that deals with the things that uh, we cannot see. Hope stands firm, and he looks for the blessed hope in our glorious Redeemer. You're the one who sits up there, and as you see this situation here, faith says it's we, and hope says we can. We can. We can. We can. If we, if we, we, we can. can. We can get this thing done. Hope is that person who stands up there and he gives us the, the, at least the conviction to say that it can be done. It can be done. We're trusting in him. And so this chorus is coming up there because we can't get you to Jesus because of all of this press out there. They say they want to hear from Jesus, but you need to be healed by Jesus. So you need to get a closer walk. By the way, how many of y'all remember the woman who was in the word of God who uh, the whole, everybody was around him. She had the issue of blood, and she had those things here. And she said in her heart, she said, if, if I could just but touch, if I could just but touch her faith. And by the way, Jesus said, your faith has saved you. 
If I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. And she fought through. She crawled around there somehow. And she kept up the hope when everybody else was around there and got to the place where she could touch the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem of his garment, the Bible said immediately the issue was taken care of. And the Bible declares that Jesus stopped the entire procession. And he said, who touched me? And his disciples said, Master, the multitude throng thee. There's a difference between a touch and a throng. And Jesus had to say, no, somebody touched me because virtue has gone out from me. And when he mentioned that, that crowd split. And there was one kneeling woman. One kneeling woman. Jesus knew she was there. She fought through all of that. Hope kept it alive. Amen? Faith. If we hope. We can. We can. Is that? <laughs> we can? I messed you up. You're supposed to be, we must. <laughs> we must. Yeah, good. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we can? We must. Excuse me. If we. I don't even know who you guys are anymore. <laughs> if we. We must. Amen. So you get the other leg here. You get one leg, you get the other leg. and no, <laughs> You can lean forward all you want to. They're going to tip you out either way you go. This ain't going to work out well for you. They could do that. They'll tip him back, but they can't pick him up. They can't get him to Christ. So y'all might, yeah, he's trying, amen. <laughs> he got something good. He looked at you weird. Like, I'm going to throw him down. We got faith. We got hope, but I need, and I said he was going to be last, but I, I'm going to call on him now. Brother, why don't you come up here? We need love. Look at, look how proudly love walks. Look at him. Look how big love is. He's just so tall and powerful. Amen. Look at him. There's love. He just, he just towering over faith and hope like, yeah, buddy, I'm, I'm the man. Amen. Faith says, if we, hope says, we must, amen, love says, we can, we can, we can. You would be surprised what can happen when love is allowed to be shown in this dark world. There are people who are starving for love. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. They, they'll, young girls and young boys, they'll give up their lives in quest for this quasi-placebo thing called love when real love is standing up there. And it talks about love thinketh no evil. I mean, you can't go in there. With, love doesn't go in there with these preconceived ideas and, 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 and pre, preconceived. Let me, let me show you one of the things that love does. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. Show you what love does. By the way, y'all following me? Because some, some, we've got to get this guy to Jesus. And we, his Bible says he's born of four. And I think we could take these four with us wherever we go. You could go like the four horsemen of the apocalypse if you want. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity or agape love, I am become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. You can preach the most powerful messages in the world, but if you don't have love behind them, shut her down. Shut her down. 
And though I have the gift of all prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not agape love, charity, I am. What's that word there? Nothing. Nothing. He said, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long. How long will it take to get him to Jesus? Well, there's a big crowd there. We can't get him there. We got to get this guy to Jesus. I ain't taking him back home. I'm not going through this anymore. I'm not going to try and hope Jesus comes back at another time. I'm not going to look for another opportunity. Today is the day. Now is the time. Let's just stick it out. Let's stick it out. Let's stick it out. We know we got to get him to Jesus. We know we got to get him to Jesus. We can do this, folks. We can do this, church. We know we got to give more to missions. We can do this, church. We know we got to reach more of the world with the gospel, and we're running out of time, but we can do this church it may mean that we need to give up a soda here or a dinner here or a lunch here but we can do this folks we can increase our mission we can increase our giving we can increase our going we can increase our door knocking we can do this folks because the love of God constraineth us because he first loved me he showed me an an unbelievable love he says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Doeth not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. There's hope involved with that. Love ties this thing together. Hopeth all things endureth all things. Everybody else may fail. Why is it that you have no faith? O ye of little faith. He says we don't want to be, like in 1 Thessalonians, we don't want to be weeping and sorrowful as those who have no hope. But love never, ever fails. You got a perfect success record, love. Perfect. As a matter of fact, we were so loved that God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If we we must, we can. We can. Grab the three legs. But this guy's still off balance, isn't he? Mm, yeah. You could try and do it, and it's still a struggle. <laughs> but yeah, after a while, he, he gets heavy. We're getting ready to give up, so I need one more. Amen. You've been volunteered, brother. I know you didn't volunteer, but they're pointing at you from your back and from your side, and they're talking to you across from people, and you're just being looked at. Amen. This guy here, we're going to name him Determination. (laughs) Get positive about it. You're determined, amen. (laughs) The song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus, you wrote that. The determination. You know, so many people can be reached by the Lord if you didn't give up. 
They say, well, I, I, I got busy. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And they leave the work undone. I used to tell this little thing, and, and I, I'm not really political in any stretch of the imagination, but it's like the difference between a Republican and a Democrat. If a man's out there drowning, a, Demo a Republican will throw him a rope, but it'll be a little short, and he'll say, you need to work and get to it. <laughs> a Democrat will throw him a rope, and it'll be more than long enough, and then he'll let go his end to go help somebody else. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if we're not determined to get this job done, we'll never make it happen. I don't care how much love is out there, determination the lack of thereof will stop us. Amen? So these four guys, now, yours is what? If we. Yours is what? We must. Yours is? We can. Yours is we will. Mm -hmm. We will. Amen. Okay. So let's hear this chorus. Amen. Say it loud enough because that brother back there who prayed for us, I don't know if he's able to hear you. <laughs> Amen. I don't know if he's really getting into this. I don't even know if he's woke. You know, I don't have my glasses, so I can't see back there. He's wearing, and he's wearing shades, so it's like, and there ain't no sun in here. So we, we, you know, he's he's just camouflaged, amen. So let him let him know what you what, what we're trying to do, because we're trying to get this man to Jesus. And we got four big wheels over here. We got it. We're gonna to have to do some some crazy things. We're gonna to have to carry this guy around here. We had to go get him from his house because he couldn't even get here on his own. He's got a sickness in him, a sin sickness in him, and only Jesus could deal with those things, amen. And he can't get here. We're gonna to have to tear up the roof. So I don't need quitters. I don't need weak people. I don't need people who get easily discouraged. I need people with a vision and a mindset that, that knows that his heart, his life is more more important than my comfort. His life, his soul is more important than my new TV or my new car or my new dress. I don't wear dresses or their new dresses. His life is more important. So let him know. If we, we let must, him know. We can. We will. Amen. Grab hold of him. Let's get him to Jesus. <laughs> Try getting into Jesus without breaking him further. Amen. When it was all said and done, folks, is that taking him to Jesus? <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Jesus is closer than we thought he was. <laughs> Jesus was right at the door. Glory to God. And look at him. He's walking, folks. Amen. Hey. <laughs> Other people got mad at it. Jesus said, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why do this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, because he's God, when he perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves. He said unto them, why reason these things in your hearts? What, do you, what, what, what troubles you about it? 
This man who was sick of the palsy is now walking. I said his sins are forgiven him because I know what caused the disease and sickness and the pains and things to come into the world. And it wasn't because necessarily what he did is because the sin that dwelleth in us. And he says, I know his condition. Why is it troubling you that I said his sins are forgiven? He said, whether I said unto whether it is easier for me to say that to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed and walk, because the, the results are going to be the same. But that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God. They gave God the glory. What did they say about those four gods? Never mentioned again. But you can't miss them. Look around there, and faith is still shouting. Faith is still shouting. Faith is falling asleep. Faith is still, <laughs> faith is still shouting. If we, and hope is still shouting. We must. And love is still shouting. We can. And determination is still saying. We will. And as long as they're still out there, whether you have them all or one of them or they're in your midst, you'll get people who see these lives change, see drunkards saved, see families restored, see prisoners like Brother Rudolph turn into pastors, see maniacs turn into missionaries, see dropouts turn into uh, drop-ins, see all of these things, and they'll be able to look at that life of that man who was sick of the palsy and say to the Lord and to the rest, we never saw it on this fashion. That's what missions will do to lives. When faith, hope, love, and determination get involved, we're getting people to Christ. That's what it takes. It's not the casual hearing of a message. It's the positive changing of a heart and a thought. Because if we don't do it, these missionaries will struggle, think they're out there by themselves, and you don't know. Faith, hope, love, and determination are with you. Because if they wasn't, you wouldn't stay. I couldn't live in Pickle Lake. I couldn't do it. Others say they couldn't live in Atlanta. Others, I couldn't live in Belgium. I couldn't live in Cambodia. I couldn't do this. But faith, hope, love, and determination they reside there to get people to Christ. Let's stand to our feet tonight, folks.